Mm-hmm. This week's going to be a little zesty. But not only zesty, we're going to combine zest with relaxation. Or as the French would say, relaxation. Now, as an American, I'm not sure if that's what the French would say. But I'm bold enough to put those words in their mouth like Americans do. It is I, your host, soon coming. Amadi. And I have a special guest, Tier Haas, in the building. Okay, you said it right. That's All right. right. Okay. Uh, we have another guest in the building, but they need no introduction. They need none. Still no introduction. <laughs> so none will be given. <laughs> you should just know the voice. But yeah, we got Uriah in the building, a.k.a. the Yogi Meister, uh, a.k.a. Yogi the God. What up? <laughs> All right, so as you can see, it's going to be a lot of flexibility in here. Uh, no question. I think that's just part of the process. So uh, let's just dive right into it. It is 0824. And that makes it official Kobe Day. In this Kobe week, as of yesterday, it was Kobe's birthday, 0823. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing I want to want to say about the way this world is revolving, you know, my last episode, we talked about frequencies, you know, in the world, right? And uh, the game Uriah was watching, and he hit me up randomly in my nap, like, yo, it's 24-8, happy Mamba Day. And it's interesting <laughs> to me how numbers... How numbers can come together to like, like give you a sign, you know? Like you're like, dang, how, why is it eight twenty four? For example, in the playoffs at some point last week, three teams won by one hundred and eleven. It was like the Rockets won one hundred eleven to whatever, the Lakers won one hundred eleven to eighty eight or something, and then another team won one hundred and eleven all in the same day. And I was like, what are these numbers trying to say? Like, talk to me, Lord. Am, am I being spoke to by numbers? So have you been spoke to by numbers in your in your life? I have, man. I have. It's it's crazy you would bring that up because that that always kind of resonates with me, especially with like cannabis culture having a strong connection with 420, mm-hmm. you know, the 666 thing that people are thinking of. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was really like 9-11 because like looking into history, trying to figure out like what my moniker means, what it means in relation to the world, like yoga was brought to the United States on September 11th. No way. On September 11th, mm. like in the late 1800s. So numbers are so crazy. You think of 911 is this negative thing, but it also has a really positive connection because that's the first time white people kind of accepted something new from a different culture and how that kind of works. Mm. So numbers... What culture exactly are we accepting yoga from? I mean, from, from Indian people specifically, like one of the first... World's Fairs that was in Chicago in the late 1800s was like the Congress for All Religions. I'm going to just call him Swami B because he's got a difficult last name. But, mm-hmm. you know, one of the original OG gurus like brings yoga over and, and is able to communicate with people and is a really affable, really charismatic individual. And everybody's accepting of, of his philosophies and his teachings. So that, Bro, I'm going to keep it a buck 100. I ain't never heard of his teachings of philosophy. So that's, that's how we. Yeah, all right. You say you say everybody's accepting of his philosophies and his teaching, but I, I have no idea. Well, yeah, but by this point, it's been like kind of pushed in like the more corporate 
uh, idea and it's, it's more of a, a different avenue and, and how people digest yoga is very differently but you gotta understand mm. we're talking about 19th century type shit like people don't just turn on a TV people don't turn on a computer like they're not able to access different cultures the way we're able to digest them today I mean yeah I think we're at the tail end of that as a millennial right yeah. I remember fifth grade doing my state report using the encyclopedia Right, right. Uh, I like I know I was using Ask Jeeves, but I didn't understand how powerful a search engine was back then. Like, yeah, what is the state song? You know, and to give you context, like I was so lazy trying to find the state song for North Carolina and Encyclopedia. Right. I just went with like the song that was popping at the time, <laughs> North Carolina. I legit wrote that with dot, dot, dot in my report. First D I ever experienced. Yo, but I'm thinking about, like, a teacher may have not been as accepting of it at that time, but if you really think about it, like, 50 years from now, mm -hmm. is David Banner going to be more relevant than whatever the state song of, of North Carolina whatever. actually is? Like, somebody might remember that song. That might resonate with them stronger than something else before. So we're always replacing, you know, even mythologies, but also what we think of as pop culture. So mm -hmm. I think that's... That's important to think about. But with, like, how we digest other cultures, even, like, I remember seeing my dad sit down and watch, like, Bruce Lee movies, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like at any point in our modern-day existence the idea of other cultures existing and living differently from us, <laughs> providing different media has hey, never been... I feel like the black man has always been fascinated with kung fu. And Yo, what, I don't know why, what, but I, I don't think know it's what dope. Our, uh, what, our, what, our, like, what our connection was it? Because I don't feel like they fuck with us, you know what I'm saying? Like... Like to the full extent. I don't when I wait, say wait, they, say I don't that, know yeah, what yeah, I don't give it to me. Give it to me. I guess I feel like black people are very open to all cultures. You feel me? We just rock with it all. You know, we met we dance to Spanish music, we we get down to Tai Chi, like we with it. But however, everyone loves the corn rolls, they 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 love the shoulder shrug, but they don't love to see us do it. So uh, I got I got mixed feelings, you dig. But this is just my opinion. Dang, I don't know. I don't want to take it. Like, I don't want to go. Like, I'll, I'll go enemies, there for you. But I'll go there I just want to say, like, <laughs> no one's always embracing to the black man's open arms. They're like, I love your culture. But yeah, yeah, stay away from it, though, Loki. Like, I don't know. That's what I feel like. Uh, but I don't know uh, where this feeling comes from, to be frank. You know, we like Dragon Ball Z. We like anime. We like, like, we go in in these, like, um, subjects but there's not i guess a lot of black anime characters there's no not, there's not what there's not a black character in dragon ball z and I, you know what i'm saying the closest person i relate to is piccolo now give, give me and give me killer b give me is, killer b and naruto give me uh, killer naruto, b all right they did it Ra rakagi they brought a whole you know that kind of they're they're kind of black he's a rapper i'm killer watching all these basketball animes and there's not one black character in there but bring him back they got to corn that rolls, though. Bring, well bring him back to that what brought kobe back realistically like what really Enhanced, and he was already improving his public image, but Kobe Bryant was the most popular non-Chinese athlete in the 08 Olympics. You want me to be? More successful. How many records can my records break? More records. But, but I'm the best. But are you a different animal and the same beast? What the f*** does that mean, Kobe Bryant? You're welcome. What the f*** is he talking about? People are accepted by Asian people, but, but there's a lot of black figures that are like Stefan Marbury. He's got a damn museum. He, yeah. he got he got kicked out of the NBA. He's got a museum in Beijing. So there is like a, a strong cross platform. Like a lot of sneakerheads 
are of like East Asian communities. Um, there, there is this idea and, and teaching that happens in a lot of those mm-hmm. East Asian households where they're like, hey, don't hang out with black people. You know, they could hold you down and things like that. So that that is a, a more old school thinking that they bring and from I'm, their country. I'm not putting it just to the Asian culture because right, I, I mean, like, even in in African culture, you know, you come you come to the states and they be like, hey, you better stay away from the American black folks. You know, they kind of they kind of walling, and I blame media, you know. But it's interesting blame to have the government. that. Oh, you right. It is the government collide with media, but in our own, it's not like oh, I'm black, you black was good. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. there's still that. What black are you? Like. You yeah, know. exactly. Where are you from? They tell you that right when you walk in with immigration, everything. They let you know. Black folks, these are the people that steal. They don't have jobs. They're lazy. Stay wow. Away from that is ingrained to you when you step into this country. That is wild. That's and wicked. They put us against each other from the, the strength, like the, off the strength. From the jump. Yeah. Like they don't with, want... Because that's why, like, you could be in the workplace. I don't know if you've uh, experienced this, but if you're talking to one of the few black coworkers you may have, they run up on you quick, like you. You conspiring with the Black Panther? What's going on here? Oh yeah, y'all causing trouble? You like you just laughing? <laughs> they just come up to you, give you the head nod, all that. You gotta mm-hmm. recognize, like, oh, I see you. Uh oh, hey, know, troublemakers. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I don't know who you calling troublemaker. <laughs> I'm from Africa, <laughs> right? But even then, it's the whole. Um, you can be from Africa, and people that are here, African American. It's just that funny term of. They call you guys African American, like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And some people don't even understand that. They're like, "No, I'm black. Yeah, I'm from here. This yeah. is where I'm from. My, right. my daddy's from uh, Mississippi. And where whatever. his Where's his grandma from? Yeah. And where's where, where? Like you got to keep going down the list till they go. Uh, uh, oh, uh, 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 Africa. Uh, uh, I guess. <laughs> I had no idea. Got <laughs> dropped off on a boat, but <laughs> yeah. you're not. If you're not Native American, you're not from this country. Oh man, right. And then uh, just not. And that's where it goes into differences of. Uh, being black and not being from this country, right? Uh, Kobe. Hmm? That's right? a good start, yeah. Because he's what? He was from, he was doing his thing in France. And what, he came over here? Ah, de la France. I believe he came from Italido. Italy, right? So Kobe, like, he was born in Philly or whatever, and then his dad retired from the NBA. Mm. And then, you know, he wanted to continue his career, so he, he moves his family to Italy and plays professional ball. In Italy, so like Kobe, as a like his formative years, like he's like probably seven or something mm-hmm. in Italy, you know, as the token black kid, you mm-hmm. know, as the token nigga, really, like you know token. what I'm saying? He's 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 just not accepted by them, partially for racial reasons, but also for cultural reasons. So mm-hmm. he's he's got that duality going on with him. So he had to be Mamba amazing. Mentality. He had to be my mama mentality starts in Italy. You know, he has to be incredible at his craft, and he's and he's more introverted as a result of that because he has to hone his craft. And that's why he's accepted, right? Hey, and he black had exceptionalism. Sauce. He had sauce. And he had dope. to walk with that sauce. He had to play soccer too, though. So mm. it's like being a black person in the, in the you know, Western world, it's not like he just played basketball. Kobe would play soccer with the white Italian kids and then play basketball by himself. Mm. So he has to be a part of their culture. He has to be ingrained in the Italian tradition and then hone his skills by himself and watch... Magic Johnson videos by himself. Watch Michael Jordan videos by himself and hone his craft alone. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that that could be lonely. That could be troublesome too. So, uh, my question for you guys is: uh, uh, as you got older, do you search for your history uh, to find power? Right? Because you said he was doing his own research to find that, like that connection. influence and connection. Yeah, and that's what I've been finding. You know, like I want to, and I can't. My father's told me a few times, but I have to like read 
visit and be like, well, what's our dialect? You know what I'm saying? Like, because my dad's from Ivory Coast. And um, so I'm like, so what, what's the dialect there? Bruv, the dialect is Nizima and the national language, of course. Parlez-vous français? Again, in the U.S., the history we're learning is George Washington had wooden teeth and cut down a cherry tree. Right. And we didn't learn about slavery in kindergarten when I'm hearing about this cherry tree. Right. And that the wooden teeth were slave teeth. Like, you know? Right. When, when, and then I come out and I'm like, all oh, my life, it's been a lie. Yeah. I'm doing all these tests and passing them, you know? Yeah. Do whatever. Like, and here's, like, the brainwash, right? Well, that's why I'm glad, like, having friends like Tear House. I think that's cool when you can, like, have friends who are black who have different experiences because they may have been born in different countries or their parents are from mm-hmm. different countries and they moved here. But, like, being that, like, all of my family that I know are from the United States, you do have a, a weirder history for it because it's not like there really isn't. I mean, you could go back to Africa, but you don't know anybody in Africa. So that, like, idea that you're cut off isn't by your doing, right? Yeah. Like, even though you'll be accepted by African people, potentially you don't know that, you're unsure of that, you're not going there to visit biological relatives per se. So you feel like that cultural connection has to come from what has happened in the United States. And there, there is a lot of beauty in that too. There is a mm-hmm. lot of like appreciation. I've found in that like, just even like, I was talking to my family today, you know, we're trying to make sure if my grandma dies, owns her house in Queens, New York, you know, her mm-hmm. husband made sure she got that. My granddad's dead. We, we don't want that to go to some white people around there that just want to buy the house and, and yeah. drive up the property values, right? Like holding that and keeping that in our family mm-hmm. could be very important. And, and that's right here in New York City. So, you know, there there is important cultural context things that we have here in the United States. Yeah. So I think that's cool so on its own. It, what brings me to tear uh, I want to know, how did you break that barrier from when you first come and they go, black people stealing this and then to, uh, to be bold enough to connect and... You know, do your own research, I suppose, opposed to, like, did right. it affect you right away? Were you more conservative and not as outspoken when you saw black people? And then you kind of, op- or right away you're like, ah, whatever, let me find out myself. Like, what was your energy? Well, right away it was just, I need to find my energy and who looks like me, who's going to have the same story as me, all that stuff. So we kind of just, that was in one ear, out the other, because mm-hmm. we knew what they were doing. Because just like in America, how they like to play black folks against black folks, light skin versus dark skin. They've been doing that in Africa as well. Mm-hmm. They've been colonizing. They've been doing that over there as well. So we have that same culture of violence and all that, same as you would have here in America. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to take it away from what you were saying, like here in America, it's very different. There's a lot of different history that's happened here. Slavery is very different. All that stuff is a little bit different, but anti-blackness is global. Yeah. I mean, this is like... You can go to China, you can go to South America, you can go to Africa and find it within. For the listeners, where did you come from before you came to the States? And when did you come to the States? Okay. I came to the States in 93. Uh I was one years old. Okay. Um, I was born in Sudan. My dad is Egyptian and my mother's Ethiopian. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, one years old, 93, you came right when Jordan ended that (laughs) three-peat. You know what I'm saying? We got history (laughs) behind the year you came. So, um, what it takes me there is... uh, Oh, man, I lost it. I was going to ask uh, the relation. I didn't know you came at one. I thought you came at, like, 15 or something. I was going to say, uh, but maybe you know from your parents' experience, what was the relationship with police in, like, Egypt or in Sudan? I'm curious. Was it? It's, it's the same as we have them here. There's, yeah. They're literally. Getting shot in the back? Get, 
getting shot, getting killed, no one knowing where you're from, what's mm. going on with you, because they have rural areas there, just like we do have, like we have in America. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what a colored person is going through in a rural area in like North Carolina or something? Yeah. They don't even get their voice heard or that video or anything. Mm. We don't even know their story or yeah. what really happened. Really? Same thing over there. We don't know what's happening. And uh, the military comes after you. The different uh, tribes come after you. It's it's the same thing. Mm. It's essentially the same thing. Right. It's just we see you as a black person, and we don't like what we see, so therefore we can do whatever we want with you. No one is going to come and ask us. Mm. There they come and ask us. Like, what? And, like, what's your reaction? Because I'm trying to find the strength in a peaceful reaction. There is no peaceful reaction. Right. Because, like, for example, like, someone's like, ah. You're black, like, get out of here. And, uh, and then, uh, oh, well, why? <laughs> like, I'm actually going to go run off and get out of here. Like, I actually think about sometimes doing some of these commands that folks be saying, like, get out of here. Go back to your country. Hold up. I'm on uh, MoFo right now. I'm looking for a flight. It's looking over a rack, bro. You feel me? Like, actually doing some of these commands. Alright, so you tell me someone yells your command to you and you just be calm. You tell me that. You act calm. We doing it, but uh, <laughs> uh, what do you mean, yo? I'm like, I don't want to be angry, but now I'm angry. Yeah. But I'm trying we know how that ends. If you show a little anger, if you get a little out, like it's the right to pull. And I was in danger, so you're like whatever they're gonna make up when Come on, like my hands were crossed, my legs were crossed, like whatever, you know what I'm saying? You can have all the body language and yet they just gotta say a he say, she say thing. And I guess I'm still trying to digest how my reaction should be. How my reaction should be always seeing another 15, seven year old boy burn, charcoal done, hanging from a tree, dying, getting shot in the back, mostly calculator and backpack, asking for an ID, pulls out ID, gets murked, then gets told a story about bringing a knife to school when he was in fifth grade. How should I react to that, huh? How should I react to that? It should be, you know, like, or how... How, I should, should, how your reaction should be towards, like, uh, just, getting the police and... You mean, are you talking about Like, from, a, from like, a George Zimmerman everybody? situation to, to a police situation, you know, like, someone that has a badge. And, and uh, I personally feel it's not fair, like, which we know. And, of course, we get hit with, the, with you know, all things in life aren't fair. We get it, but it's not right that if you see something going down, like, you see a cop's knee on the neck... If you were to push that cop off, you're either shot or dead. Yep. Like, so you're just helplessly watching a sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, Because you're like, all right, well, I don't want to just walk away from this. All I can do is record it. Mm-hmm. But it's hopelessness. It's just you're so day. hopeless because you go, hey, you're killing the man or hey, whatever you say is useless because they have a badge on, you know? It's useless because they know what they're doing and Mm. they're doing those things on purpose and they know that there's a system that is willing to back them. There are people that are here still fighting for these police officers to have their job back Mm -hmm. after the George Floyd incident, still to this day, fighting for them to have their job back, fighting for them to get out of jail, fighting for them to... It's just, it's ridiculous. There's, There's no right way to go about it, but I mean... I'm very pro Second Amendment, mm-hmm. so I think if you can legally own a gun, and if you are African American, any person actually, go and get you a gun. Go and get you a few. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys have white coworkers or anything. Because I'm in the construction field, so I'm around a lot of rednecks. Yeah. 
have war rooms. Okay? Yeah, strapped. Strapped up. They have bunkers. They talk about what gun they got, what AR they got, how many bullets they Bring got. Bring Drake to the hoods. Around Drake, around Drake's. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that, but the hillbilly version. <laughs> Yo, so did you recently be pro man, a second amendment right, or have you always felt that way? Because yeah. for me, that's new. I'm actually open now. To, and I've never been a hater. I mean, I've never been like I'll never want to pull the trigger. I ne- I never see myself in that position, but I was like, "Yo, I guess it doesn't hurt to hold one, right?" But then the other thing across my mind is like, "All right, kids, I, I like it have to be in the locker or some kind of safe." And also, I mean, I want it in the safe, but then at that point, if someone ran up on me, then it'd be useless, right? But then you know, sometimes you get in real heated emotional conversations with your partner or friends and. You don't want them to be an option, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want them to run to the strap. Like I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Too soon, too soon. It's soon. Literally, literally, somebody just shot their partner. Yo, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yo, it happens. It is rough. Like guns, I, I can't go against what y'all are saying specifically. It's mm-hmm. not the choice I would make. Mm-hmm. What I'm excited about this time period, I would, I would never choose to pick up a gun. So me, like, I was always raised with the tradition of like. Hey, like my dad came from a more. Re- I'm not as religious. I'm not religious. Uh, he's about to give us that Friday story. No, no, my pop. All you need degree. is this and this. No, 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 my dad, my dad. <laughs> you, go, you went there. You went there. Hey, that's fair. But he was just like, yo, if I have that, I don't have any faith that God's gonna protect my household. So that yeah. that kind of intention, mm-hmm. he just kind of passed on to me. So I'm not saying anybody's wrong to exercise their rights. That's what everybody should should fight for. You have that right to feel like that to stay strapped if you want to do that. Yeah. And I think us as black people, that's what's exciting. We're all recognizing like, hey, if you want to be somebody that wears a suit and is an entrepreneur, you have the right to do that. If you want to be somebody who profits from twerking, you have the right to do that because you're a black person and, and those are your rights and those are freedoms of speech. Those are freedoms that we have in this mm-hmm. nation. So I'm, I'm glad to see like black people not attacking any other black person for exercising their liberties. That's, yeah. that's what we're all here to do. If you're a, a black woman and you want to be an entrepreneur and wear whatever you're wearing, to, to execute like your business plan. Go do that, and we should all support each other in doing that. Mm-hmm. So although I disagree with Stan Strap, I can definitely see the benefit because these like people what are you, crazy. I like what you said about defending your household and faith, you know? Uh, I Right? It's like almost, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go, right? <laughs> or do you go, damn it, if only I had that peace in this exact moment. But here's what someone told me. They were like, because for me, I'm like, even in, defense like i would just be scared to like I, the like to give you an idea i've been in like maybe three fights in my life right okay and in those fights like i w- i never wanted to swing even right. when i got swung at right you know I what i'm saying you. but until i was like i had to defend myself and i was in like fight or flight mode or whatever yeah but it wasn't like the like the your mama instigation or you ain't nothing makes me want to swing until i was like i have to almost right I, or i got spit on him to my defend face. yourself defend to, 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 you, you're the, defending when the spit hit my cheek i was like i'm swinging now like i have to swing right spit, it's like you know right but uh, so now i'm like even i'd hate to take a life even to defend someone and live and live with it you know like yeah. i'm like yeah he came to my house yeah he was about to do that but now I'm going to bed at night thinking about this body I took or seeing those eyes. Because I think about, I get scared by scary movies just from the feeling of, like, reaction, you know? Like, so I'm just saying, like, it'd be the small thing that traumatizes you. Like, if you see a car accident, you hear the way the, 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 the tires screech and then the hit and then see some blood, 
you ain't sleeping right. You know, you're like, I wasn't in the accident, but I heard it, experienced it. Every time I close my eyes, I, I feel that, you know. You feel it because you're a human and yeah. you're a decent human being. You understand. I'm not just going to walk out here and just start shooting. Niggas. Yeah, popping. Yeah. But there are other people out here that will not like you because you are a male, will not like you because you're an African-American. Mm-hmm. They are willing to take your life. Police Quick. officer or not, proud boy or not. Mm-hmm. So are you willing to sleep at night knowing like, damn, I can get got? Yeah. You're going to get caught. I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wouldn't you rather have a gun in those instants? Yeah. You know that you're a person and you're like, you are Uriah, a person of faith and all of that. God can protect you. But I mean, God, can God really protect you if someone comes to your house knocking? No. I know she didn't have me stutter and talk about something. Can he really protect you? I mean, yes, he can. Now, is his form of protection me having it? Maybe. I need to figure that part out. Right. You know what you you're saying? What, saying? what you're saying I, I is this. I'm, I'm not saying, just to just to clarify, I'm I'm not coming. That's That was my father's belief. But he passed on, even though that was the basis for mm-hmm. his belief, he passed on the necessary of just like, hey, hold yourself a certain way. Hold yourself accountable. Don't fuck with people. And, you know, if it's it your time, right. time kind of situation. You know, I'm not saying God's going to protect you. I don't, even, I don't even necessarily believe that. So I hear you. I don't want to get God. But no. at the same time, to me, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not making this argument. I hear where you're coming from. I, I want you to feel as if, like, hey, this is going to make me feel protected. Do that. You know what I'm saying? It's just, for me, I've just lived so long independent with them. It would be outside of my character to own a weapon yeah. like that. But I, I respect anybody choosing that you know what i'm saying hey and you know what i think uh tear is saying it's like uh you said my uh, name right shout out to yo, you okay uh, what i'm thinking is you know we said faith like yo you think i was just gonna protect you yeah. it's kind of like that story i heard where a man was like drowning in the water and like god sent a log by him he was like uh no nah, god's gonna protect me he didn't he didn't he didn't hold the log so he drowned but it was like a few pieces that went by so the strap could be what he gave. That like, is your piece. That's yes. your piece to Literally, like. That's, that's what he's like. He's like, hey, you know, God just saved me. And like that week before, it was like, yo, this piece is a great deal. My guy, it, fits, it matches the color of your hair. Like, let's get it on. And you're like, nah, I believe in faith. And then a week later, you're in the situation. You're like, dang, God, that, that was for me, huh? Right. You All talked right. about something earlier with the Joe Budden podcast. You said um, he knows his enemy, right? Yeah. Um, so take that same logic into owning a gun. If you know your enemy, which is predominantly white males, are mm. stocking up, having war rooms, talking about bunkers, and they are talking about, I just bought an AR-15 last week. I just it bought 5,000 uh, rounds. 100 rounds in there. What it, what it, what is the proper response as a respectable person? It would be okay. I see I see so and so doing that. I'm gonna legally do that as well. He ain't killing deers with a hundred rounds. No. Guess what he is though. And again, I'm, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with. I want to stress yeah. like I I definitely am opposed to to individuals taking mm-hmm. those methods. That's that's the white man's way to to use artillery to use offensive weaponry to take out other people. That 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 mm-hmm. is. Uh, uh, Rough thing. That's I don't know why that's been their tradition for so long, but that that's that's not the tradition I come from to choose to like try and harm other people. Cause like I've heard of defensive weapons, but motherfuckers are having offensive weapons, like yeah. shit that is like meant to missile shooters, miss, huh? like end, uh-huh. end somebody's life, you yeah. know. And just like in my grandfather's tradition, coming from the Caribbean, you know, that's just that's just not culturally our way. But also, I, I wasn't 
you know, I wasn't brought up to do that, to, to yeah. pick up a gun. That's so I, I just. It's out of your character. That's like way you out of my character. Batman my wouldn't character. ever pick up a gun. Yo, Batman's a joke, though. Like, if you think about it, like, dude's a billionaire and he's he's tripping about crime and he's like, he's got this bunker and shit, but he's a billionaire. He's the wealthiest man in Gotham City. Why can't he just donate his funds and create a universal personal income? And then motherfuckers aren't capping. Like, people are starving. There's this whole, like, underbelly of crime. <laughs> yeah. Like, all these criminals, like, you loot and banks and shit and you're like, oh, I need to stop crime and stuff. It's like, yeah, some of the people are psychotic. Like Joker's gonna be Joker's a different cat. Like, and you and you have sympathy for it. <laughs> for I mean, for Joe, I have sympathy for Joker. No, Batman does. He, he Batman, yeah, Batman. Batman's never, crazier than Joker, arguably. Yeah, he's running around. He's not over his parents' stuff. He's fucked up. He needs to be like he's on some other shit. <laughs> he, needs therapy, yeah. he needs therapy. Bad. <laughs> hey, Batman, Batman calling needs so much therapy, <laughs> man. He's terrible. <laughs> he's terrible. But yeah, Batman. Most of, but Superman, I could get down with. As weird as that sounds, like I think his ethics, like I fuck with. But Batman doesn't make any sense. I mean, well, Superman needs to build the wall for the states because he ain't from this country. You hear me? Nah. You need to build the wall from another planet had I was taking jobs that nobody can do. But no, I, I like that y'all are like discussing these things because it is a very real situation. And, and I, I love that we're having conversations like this because ultimately we had a situation two months ago now. Like people forget. It's it's almost two months now that, that you know, the Capitol Hill uh, Occupy protests is over now, right? Mm -hmm. And that was a quote-unquote black safe space, you know, where police were not allowed to be, where mm -hmm. black leaders could find each other, and now that's over. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at a situation where basically the police came in heavily armed, you would need to have some sort of armed response if, you know, they're coming in. Now, technically speaking, we don't know what the situation could have been with child, what was the exact leadership dynamics. I love this existence. But if you're talking about having a completely black area run by black people, you know what I'm saying, policed, quote-unquote, by black people, mm -hmm. how would that situation look? What what could make something like that happen? Because we have the right to have that. You know? I feel we, like we, that existed before. If I if, if that, that was real, and then it was flourishing, and then jealousy or envy must have destroyed it. Racism destroyed yeah, it. Yeah, destroyed it. It was like, oh, they're doing their, they're protecting it. Like, you know, if I get pulled over by a black officer, I don't think I'd be scared. Now, I mean, uh, all right, I take that back. Cause you know, sometimes we, we got eternal issues, you feel me? And it's not the fact that I'm black, he's black, he's gonna knock back, you feel me? He he could be alienated and not feel so black. Fuck no, man. <laughs> I was I was the scaredest I've ever been when I was when I was fucked with by a black cop. Yeah, scaredest because they're they're coming from the tradition of they're almost like remember that skit where Dave Chappelle Dave Chappelle's like blind, right? And yeah. He's like, oh, he, a KKK. He's a KKK <laughs> member. He he, he claims next week. He thinks he's white and he's like pissed that his like wife is with him because she's a nigger lover, right? <laughs> like he's so deluded that he doesn't realize he's black. I'm not going to say every black cop is like that because I haven't met every black cop specifically. Yeah. But I do believe if you're a part of an institution that is built on the foundation of racism, like the police in the southeast of the United States, initial purpose was returning uh, escaped slaves. Right. Yeah. So they're they're built on the foundation of protecting, quote unquote, property, which in the southeast was slaves. So they're built on the concept of racism. Mm -hmm. So if you join a racist institution, mm. you're going to be taught racism, so regardless of your color when you, Now, what about the ones that join it in hopes of changing it? But they get you think they just get lost in it? No question. I mean, but we're all like, there's a saying. I don't know where it comes from. I joined from. the cops to protect the people that, you know, like, you know, the story. But there, there's a saying that says if you're, if you're under 20 and conservative, you know, no heart. 
Mm-hmm. If you're over 30 and liberal, no brain. Mm-hmm. And what that what that concept means is like you expect younger people to to like, oh, I want to change. Like all the people that are always doing change, the protests this year, the protests in the 60s are always done by young people. The people that are domestic terrorists generally are younger people. So you expect them to have, you know, ideas that are quote unquote revolutionary. Once you get older and you get a little bit of a bag, mm-hmm. right? You eat nice, you eating good, you got a house, maybe you got a car, maybe you got kids. You ain't trying to you ain't trying you ain't to do trying shit to go like that. You ain't line. trying to fuck shit up because yeah. you're you're comfortable, you're complacent. Yeah. Right. So I say all that to say it, it's it's hard to do. There's there's not gonna be one person. These they they they're looking for these young idealists. It's just like we were talking about um um, pyramid schemes. Mm-hmm. Pyramid schemes don't want no damn 25, 26, 27 year old. They want somebody who's fresh in college because they don't know shit. They don't know the game. Yeah. They might have good ideas and all this, but they can be they can be manipulated. Yeah. So that, I think that's what happens to Manipulation. cops that come in. You know, that's my that's my thought process. Yeah, because I want like the reason I'm highlighting that is I remember being in the protests and at the the chop zone uh remind me what that stands for capitol hill autonomous no so initially it was called chaz and it was the capitol hill autonomous zone yeah and then the leadership wanted to to make it clear that hey this is not just some coachella like situation so they renamed it to chop the capitol hill Hill. organized or protest occupied protest okay so i went there during the first day right Um, yeah i was with you and uh uh no, 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 before the murals, right? Oh, okay. I'm talking about before the murals, oh, okay, before okay, it became okay. what it was. Okay, cool, cool. Before cool. it was like the fair, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, but I feel like there should be a day for it, though, like that effect, right? This like when it changed. This art, art event, right? Yeah. This like It was expression, you know? Expr- yeah, okay. Because what I got Out. from it was like, well, before it became that, it was just the people standing there, right? Right, right. I remember and that, I'll say, And I'll say, and I said this in the last three episodes, being black initially when I got there, I felt out of character. I don't know what I expected. I was like, oh, I'm going to go protest today. Thursday. I pulled up, and there was just a lot of white people going, Black Lives Matter, but in a way that reminded me of a high school basketball game. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. And I was just like, I tried to say it once, but it made me cringe. And I was like, Black Lives. All right, you know what? I'm going to just hold the fist up. I think you guys should be saying it. I don't want to take away from that, but I didn't personally feel the power from it. And then, and then, and then, with all the small talk around going on in there, I'm like, a lot of people are more concerned about getting tear gassed than they are about actual message. Because I was just hearing like, "Oh my God, we're about to get tear gassed right now." I got the stuff you need, and I'm like, "We are." Who? They're like, "It's coming, it's coming," and I was just getting anxious for no reason. Now, now I'm just standing there with a lot of people that have goggles, like looking like characters, you know. And then I took the time to just look at the police officers. So now I'm just like soaking it in. I'm like, all right, these guys are all just standing here staring at us. We staring back at them. And then, and then, and then. How did that feel though? Even to have that, have that opportunity. Because that's not ever really something like staring down cops now is a regular thing for me. But but having that agency to even do that was powerful to me. Because like, now you got, even just that small um, benefit from it mm-hmm. having like an army of motherfuckers behind you, whatever. There and I hear what you're saying. Yeah, you know, it wasn't a black space. It no was out. It was never a black space here in Seattle. It was for black people. I get it. But it was never a black. But yeah. even having a circumstance where I could look a cop dead in the eye, like and and like stand up eye to eye with the cop, like that's never something you're really I had ever really yeah, been you, able to you looking down it's, or saying it's always, sir. Yo, it's a it's a more fearful like encounter. Mm-hmm. And you're taught as a black man, like hey. You know, look around your when you're 23, 24, 25, any black man in the United States, 
you're taught to look at your other three black friends and you know that one of them isn't going to make it to 26. That's that's just the reality mm-hmm. of the black man in the United States. Mm-hmm. So having that experience was cool to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, looking at him, right? But what stood out more importantly was like I was looking at the women cop, the 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 the, the cops of color, and I was looking at their face expressions and they, they're looking back at us going like chanting, you know? And some of them had to look that was like, I'm just clocking on, you know? I was like, I'm just at work, you know? I'm not listening to what y'all saying. Others were, you know, biting their lips. You could see that they were like, and then I was just like, in my mind, like, what kind, I wonder what kind of cop you are, you know? Because I'm looking at you and I'm looking at you like, were you part of the problem? Are you in here? Are you here suffering more than myself because you're in uniform knowing that your partners are killing us and then you got to go to work every day? And and then and ride with them so that you're not a target yourself or like I don't know I just didn't know what I was looking at when I'm looking at a cop of color like I, that's been the question that's been in my right. head often now like what are they going through because if if they have good virtue I think they're going through it the worst like they got to wear this uniform they're putting their that's lives, what you would think right? but often those same cops that go and join these institutions mm-hmm. they come from a background of pushing respectability politics. If I carry myself a certain way, they're going to respect me. Mm-hmm. If I straighten my hair or if I don't curse or if I don't say nigga, 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 if I don't listen to rap music, mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? The more you get away from your black culture, the more they're going to respect you. Wow. The ideology that they come from, which this is why I would never respect any police officers, mm-hmm. period. Because if that's what you're stepping into, you, there's no room to make change. Mm-hmm. That's just distancing yourself from these people and saying, I'm not that nigga. I'm a respectable one. I went to college. I have a degree. Mm-hmm. I never, I don't have a felony. I don't listen to rap music. I don't this, I don't that. So, that's just the separation of it. And that's what I see a lot of African-American cops doing, cops of color, whatever you want to say it. That's, mm-hmm. That is what they come from. Mm-hmm. So, And I don't align myself with people that come from the respectability politics, carry yourself a certain way. Because at the end of the day, Martin Luther King Jr. was wearing a suit. He was a church boy. He was a preacher, and they still shot him dead. Mm. So this respectability thing of, oh, you know, you carry yourself a certain way, mm-hmm. that isn't, that's in one ear, out the other. No, that's, that's true. And that's just seen by a lot of unarmed black people getting killed where they go, hey, if you hadn't been in the hood or if you hadn't right. been there. But now it's the kid with the TI-83 calculator in mid-daylight. <laughs> you know, someone, no pants. Well, that's why Elijah McCain fucked me up so much because, like, mm-hmm. to be straight up, like, I mean, there's there's been a lot of different black people that were killed, but the kind of dude that Elijah was, I, I kind of aligned myself with a little more because um, I, I really felt uh, in a way that that, that could be me. It, even though I felt that synergy with other black men, like, that mm-hmm. was even more comparable. But to... to Hit on what you were talking about before. I mean, I think the term Uncle Tom would be used in place of like respectability politics sometimes or, or mm-hmm. just Uncle Ruckus, or Uncle Ruckus, or, or something like that, or a sellout, right? The concept of selling out doesn't make sense to, to this generation because you're constantly trying to sell yourself. But but the idea of selling out was something more popular in the, the 70s. Sellout is tough. All right. Like, sell, even, sellout, I think, is, I think that's important though. Like, I think getting how, back to that idea. How like, do you balance that? Because when you're in a company, right, and you're working your way up and then I don't know. It feels like to me sometimes you're in a position where you're in a position where as you try to elevate, people are saying use a sellout because you doing what you need to do well. But 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 you gotta stand. You gotta but but you gotta stand for something. And that that's why I think it's so important to have you know recognizing 
all the time acknowledging your other black person that you work with. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that I've experienced in my life. Like, yo, I, I just don't have a dress code. Like, no matter where I work, I'm, I'm just not going to have a dress I, I, I don't fuck with men in uniform because of the police. Mm-hmm. I don't fuck with men in uniform because of the army and stuff. So I'm, hey, I'm not... you hear that, FedEx? UPS? <laughs> this ain't the one. I'm he, not wearing a uniform. I'm it. not wearing a uniform ever. So it's just like, I'm not going to do that. But also, I'm, I'm going to make it, hopefully easier mm-hmm. to have another black man who feels like, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to have a uniform either. And then, <laughs> and then you just are going to respect that particular convention. Mm-hmm. And I think, though, with the conversations we're having now, accepting all black people and understanding where they're coming from, and, mm-hmm. and even if they're having that approach in that game, like Carmen Best, our police chief, resigned. Mm-hmm. I don't fuck with her because she was the chief of police. Yeah. But she is a black person, and, and she is navigating the world as a black person already as a marginalized individual, mm. as a marginalized black person and as a marginalized woman. So I don't respect the choices she made. I wouldn't do those for myself, but I, I want us as black people to, to be careful not to be too quick all the time to attack individual black people. Cause like Sammy Davis Jr. is the original like Uncle Tom like figure in pop culture, right? Mm-hmm. He's part of the rat pack. He's running with Frank Sinatra. He's embracing Richard Nixon. But you know, for, so for everybody at that time looking at him, he's a sellout to his people. But he's actively donating money to the NAACP. He comes from a, a tradition of, of having some of the worst racist acts happen to him. He wants to just take care of his father for the rest of his life. So he has to navigate the world, what's going to be best for him. Mm-hmm. It's not as even killed for every black person, mm-hmm. but that's not realistically his responsibility as the black man in America. It's It can't always be... You're going to have activists. You're going to have an amazing individual like Martin Luther King who can appeal to so many different people, who can do a good dance and jitterbug and be cool with his black people, but also graduate from a university in his teenage years. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a special cat like that all the time. But, but all black people have to approach the situation that they're in, and we have to support each other and try and support each other the best way mm, we can. Well said. Well said. With that being said, Chief Best, who is an African-American woman, does she align herself with Black Lives Matter? Or she doesn't. She literally verbatim said she doesn't. Mm-hmm. So when you have these people that we call coons, that we call them, we're calling them coons for a reason. She is a black woman. Mm-hmm. She's marginalized as a woman to begin with, and then black. Then you come on this platform where you are the face of the Seattle STP, right? And you're you're the face of this organization, and. <laughs> You sit up there, you're carrying the water for the white man at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You're sitting up there and you're saying, well, yeah, it's all right what you guys are doing and blah, blah, blah. As long as you put my black face in front of it, hey, I mean, we're sitting here, we're working with you guys, right? This and that. She literally condemned Black Lives Matter. She condemned CHOP. She asked for more tear gas. Her and Jenny Durkham, or however you say her last name, yep. the mayor right, of Seattle. Yeah. So let's not act like just because they're your skin folk or whatever, that doesn't mean that they're your kin folk. Mm-hmm. Not every black person is going to understand. Just like Harriet Tubman, isn't she the one that said, I could have went back and freed more slaves if they knew they were slaves? Mm. So this is an ongoing thing. <sighs> that is a bar right there that I ain't never... I've never heard that, though. That was, was dope that as fuck. Did, I did, did, not, know, I did not know about that. That was powerful as fuck. Yeah. I could, if they <laughs> Yo, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I, I, and I, I want to clarify, I don't fuck with Carmen Bell. I don't fuck with any cop, period. Like Once you choose to be a cop, I, I definitely don't. With any so nobody has a whatsoever. homie that became a cop? Nobody? I don't have a homie that became a cop. They wouldn't be my homie because they would have been choosing. And I, I think even mm-hmm. if they were at one point, I'm not going to say they condition yuck, yuck, you, they, they whitewash you or anything, but they do. Like, there's a certain type of 
human being that comes out of the police academy. There's a certain type of human being that comes out of the military. Like it, you have to be changed a certain way to 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 do that a, job. A they lot have of people aren't happy with it and they don't resign. But then the ones like I'm gonna resign. Like I'm gonna make the, my bands. I'm gonna just do what I gotta do to support. You know, I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna let things slide. And that's the choice. It's just like anything else. It's just like you look at certain people and you're like, man. How can you do something like this and then just continue to do it, right? It's like once you take advantage of one person, it might be compromising for you that one time you take advantage of them. But then once you take care, take advantage of five people, you don't feel the same way. Then you're taking advantage of ten people, you don't even think about it. And that's what a that's what a police officer is. It becomes second nature. This is just another name. This is just another nigga. Yeah, they become a god. You know what I'm saying in their <laughs> eyes? Because like when they give you that pass, they be like, you know what? I decided. To give you a warning today, and he was like, "Thank you, sir. Thank you, yes, sir. Uh, you just gives me a warning. I'm gonna just be on my way now." But you know what I mean? I don't. I hate the. I hate being demoralized to the point where I got. I'm not speaking in my character. I lose my base, and I. I'll be. I'm in this washed form. You can call me like a, like a super saint, but the white version. You know, I just know. I'm just like. Psh, and I'm like, hello, sir. <laughs> just don't. And then as soon as he's gone, I breathe again. Like. Ugh. <laughs> right, but as African Americans, we've been doing that for so many years now. You don't need to do that in 2020. Now you you don't need to align real. yourself with racist organizations or anything. Mm-hmm. We're literally begging people to come out and say, look, I have worked as a cop for this organization for this many years, and this is how they treat me. You have so many stories like that right now with mm-hmm. African Americans that work. Losing cops, their pension. Losing their pension, losing and their job for being a good cop. Being a good, like, We going, have cases on that. No, yeah. Not to cut you off, yeah. but I'm just saying. And they penalize them for being good cops. You guys remember Chris Dorn, right? Mm. The California guy who um, was, he raged a war on the LAPD. He was from the military. He was in LAPD. He is that the man that, wanted, that Dave Chappelle spoke on? Yes killed like yes. four like yes. well they sent 400 cops on him yep. no they sicked them on him they wanted that nigga dead by yeah. the end of the day yeah. they were not playing but the kid that shot up the church got burger king right yes okay mm, that's yeah, why yeah. i want to double still check alive. Yeah. yeah no 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 no. they're all alive come on now <laughs> are you thirsty <laughs> you want you want a smoothie before we <laughs> take you in buddy all right yeah no it's ridiculous but um back to his story he was he was originally in the military got out joined the lapd and um he did. Uh, he was with a white woman, and they had. Um, they went to a house, and they were supposed to arrest somebody for domestic violence. And she ended up beating up the guy, mm-hmm. right? She ended up kicking him while he was handcuffed. And he did. So he was like, "All right, that's aggressive. Whatever." He did um, an grievance. That's all he did. He just put in a grievance, and he was fired. So mm. what does that? What does that tell you? As a black person trying to join this union, all this other stuff, they don't give a damn about you. Yeah. If you're not going to get in line, if you don't come from that respectability logic of like, oh, let me just carry myself like a white person, then they're going to like me. Yeah. You're not going to fit in. Uh, they're going to X you out. You know, He got X'd out. He didn't get his job back. He legally fought to get his job back, did everything right. Then when he realized, shit, this is not, not going to be in my favor, what did he do? <laughs> he only for people to wake up after they've been institutionalized after being a police officer or in the military or mm-hmm. anything. So let's, I mean, I would like to see more of that, but I don't think we would. So to bypass it, why would you even join the police union or military or anything at this point? Why would you fight for a country that's not going to fight for you? Yeah. It makes no sense. That goes back to my other topic, me and Uriah. I constantly tell him, pack up your money, pack up your bags, move back. Do your do your ancestry. Figure out where your family came from. 
This is not Move your Move back country. to Florida? Move back to Africa. Figure no, he ain't out. from Africa. He's from the islands, right? Yeah, right. Caribbeans. Okay, but where are they originally <laughs> the from? Virgins. That's just That's just a bus stop. You know what I mean? They just dropped you off on the boat. <laughs> You're not originally from there. Like, let's, let's, let's keep it real. You guys are from Africa. So figure that part out. Or are we from out. Pangea? I just need to know. Oh, yeah, that part, too. That part, too. (laughs) But I'm just saying, figure out where you're from, because this country is not made for you. We've been here for 400-plus years. Mm -hmm. We've tried to sit with the colonizer, and we tried to have dinner with them. We tried to be invited to their homes. That doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. It's 2020, and we're still fighting for civil rights. Yeah. Pack up your bags, figure out where you're from, and go back to your country and help that country out. This is not for you. And we're fighting for civil rights in all the countries, right? It's still not perfect. Everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I want to clarify though. I definitely don't ride with what Christopher Dorner did, like, cause like he did kill people. Like, that's not. I'm never. He went after people that didn't have anything to do with him. Like, he killed relatives of, you know, the daughter of. You know, he ended up not killing. I don't think any cops. He killed like people associated with cops. Yeah. Right, but he also killed people that weren't cops. You know, yeah. so he he, he took he, it. Further. He took it. He took it to a different he level. He took it like a Hollywood movie. Like yeah, a he was not some other shit. So John. I can't I can't ride with my dog for that. But um. You're my dog. I fuck with you for sure. Um, but you, I agree for sure. I think the main idea is like, hey, why would you support an institution that does not support uh, you? And, and that's always going to be the police and military. And I hear you. I think I think there is a balancing act in understanding where my skill set lies, what I can do, what I am, am capable of. Like, I do have roots here. You know, I have a child here. So, like, me just picking up and moving to Africa isn't feasible for me. You know, because I would have to involve, I would have to make considerations for other people. Yo, he's going to have to take medicine constantly. There's different medicines to get used to. the. It's right. a whole different world. Right. Well, my brother, my brother took a trip out from Nairobi and he was he was there for a year, you know, trying to trying to get a media organization started up. And, you know, he, he ran into some challenges just due to his his own physical health that he ran into. You know, he, he had to he had to combat malaria and a, a bunch of different. I'm not saying that. And I want to clarify, I don't think that, you know, there's just airborne diseases everywhere and it's a very developed area but he was in Nairobi Kenya for for a full calendar year mm-hmm. and he just faced some challenges so we're everybody can can make changes where they can make changes if I was a millionaire that would be feasible for me I'm not a millionaire so I have to I have to do what I can do when I can do it hey. and I, I think I think importantly like understanding and, and and teaching those things like hey maybe taking a trip to Africa maybe making some inroads I, I agree with you and figuring out like hey mm-hmm. what's what is my lineage because mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned as you said it only goes back to Tatola Virgin Islands as far as I'm concerned you know and, and to a, a lesser extent Queens New York so I hear you but knowing what you can do and having capacity and, yeah. and trying to be honest with yourself about what you can do because right now we got to handle our health like we we got to make sure that we understand health for each other, like us as black people. I, and that's what, like, <laughs> we got so tough into this, right, you know, this, like, these real everyday thoughts that we deal with uh, from all these shootings, different cops things, to uh, the reality of every time you look on Instagram, it's another body and uh, allies posting this body in so many different angles going, I can't post a selfie of myself, but I want you to see yourself dead here. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Hashtag, you know, and, and that's the reality of it. Like, we have to see it. And then it, it takes me full circle to the very beginning. We talked about yoga. Is this a way of, of being able, again, this tough reality to, to find that center and calming? Like, uh, what's your relationship with it? Because some people don't know. Would they, they're just exposed to core power. Or these Pilates versions, or like again, this this uh, uh, the culture has been stripped. Right. They made it their own. They're making a you know 140 a membership a month. Right. Or a week almost, or a lot. That's all I'm saying. Right. And then 
and it's not even the true yoga. I mean, I, I think I think to me uh, a big problem is if you're a yoga instructor or, or yoga is a part of your day to day existence, mm-hmm. you're doing it in the framework of a of a white patriarchal capitalist system, mm-hmm. and and yoga isn't necessarily designed for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be clear too; it's not ex- as accessible as it once was, even in India, from my understanding. I've never been to India, but it's not as accessible as it is in India, from my understanding, from people who are from that from that nation. Mm-hmm. And it's not a cultural tradition of my people by any means, but but learning about it and and practicing it when I can, practicing it when I see fit, and trying to use it just as something mm-hmm. to to benefit myself. I think we definitely approach it incorrectly here in the United States. This is just my personal belief. Mm-hmm. Because when you say approach it, yeah. what do you mean by that? Like it's the not whole process to of be, it? Like an hour get in, get yeah, out? Yeah, like, you know how we'll go to the gym. Me and you might say like, hey, let's go to the gym. There's going to be pickup games at seven. And we're going to get a good run in. Your body, your spirit doesn't, to me at least, I think everybody's a little different, but I think there's there's things that make us all similar. Your spirit isn't on like a, a, a clock like that. Hey, I'm just going to go to my class at four and be surrounded by 29 strangers and, and fuse up with them. Like, the, I, I don't think your your inner spirit is like that. Yoga is, is to me at least, designed for you to get in touch with you and for you to get in touch with the earth and for you to understand the surroundings and, and, and the larger scope of how this earth is just a part of the universe. Mm. In order to do that, that, that takes some some discipline on your part that takes some understanding of how how you best are going to work in your flow and i i think going to a facility and and depending on on a, on a business model yeah. for that type of discipline i think is 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 a little inappropriate i will say my experience with yoga has been like core power i went i did the seven day trial with a few different lot names all right that was just my experience okay um i'll say what i liked about it I mean, what I enjoyed was breathing with 30 people at the exact same time. Uh, it, it was a different feeling to like <sighs> all the way out, you know, and and then and, you know, being pretty vulnerable. You're in the mirror. We're all different shapes and sizes in there. And that's beautiful, too. Right? I think I think that's that's fitness. Though. That's what I enjoyed with it. Right. But that's where I heard it. You know, uh, what I'll say is some instructors are better than others. Right. Yeah. There were some that made me feel like I was taking another level besides the business model. It felt like... Uh, and again, I don't think people can't make money off of yoga. Like, again, we live mm-hmm. in a capitalist system. Yeah, I yeah. want people to be... You can't do it for free. I mean, you can't. You, can't. I mean, you, you need to make... There's things that you have to do in this country to make money. Like, yeah. you have to, to have money to exist. And but I'm it, not saying, you know... I'm not planning on living in the forest in the woods somewhere, yeah. man. I got I got bills to pay. So pay your bills, do that, do your thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like if you're depending on another human being yeah. to put you in some sort of state. trance yeah. state to do that. I, I just I don't see that. And core power specifically, like I think that is fitness. I think that is wellness. I think there's Pilates. A, a, a wealth of benefits mm-hmm. to those things. But as far as like truly getting in touch with the inner you, with with your soul. I think a lot of times our system can can kill a lot of those things. Um, we talk about soul music as as, as a black cultural people and, and mm-hmm. like getting in touch with that aspect and how even even you know mm-hmm. white America has taken some aspects of that away, like missing that inner you. I think yeah. yoga and soul music have a have a lot in common from that standpoint. Hey, well, you know? yeah, yoga. The, the thing is, it's not just doing stretches. What I find from it is when you when you like you said you're in tune with yourself when you're breathing in all the way out when you're feeling your toes 
scrunch up and feel like everything around you, your when ribs you're closing. the tree. All yeah. And but no, in short, what Yogi mm-hmm. pretty much said was they just whitewash it. Like they whitewash everything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they take what you got from your culture and they figure out how to monetize off of it and then figure out how to take certain things and elements out of it and mm-hmm. just Americanize it. Mm-hmm. So if you're coming So we're missing pieces. There should be tea involved, right? Mm-hmm. There should be some conversation maybe (laughs) before we get into the stretching with this hour and get back to your life real quick right is there just missing pieces uh tradition i don't i'm I'm just asking i I think i think the the money aspect being so connected to it Mm -hmm. and like the time aspect i think there's some there's some ways that we could rethink the process perhaps Mm -hmm. um i think if you're a a yoga instructor it, it couldn't be corporatized the way it is right because that depends on so many different individuals yeah. leading these type sessions and then and then doing it on a day-to-day basis and then doing it on you know oh i'm going to do a class at seven and then i'm going to do a class at ten hey, no matter what's going and on let me in my give life. you an idea of like uh, my girlfriend she went to be an instructor right and i feel like they played her right because it was like she was going to the sessions and then shorty was saying to her like oh wow you just got great form wow you're just doing so good Oh, you you should be instructor. Now it's commission or whatever, because right. then you're paying right. a thousand to get in. So then right. the thing That's was the fitness. She, shit, though, she right? was getting gassed. She got gassed, right? And it's not that she she was passionate about it, right? But then when she told me about her experience, because I was like, yo, like you've done the sessions, like uh, you you did the thing for the class. How come you're not applying to be instructor? Something's missing here, like because yeah. your passion was there, and it wasn't until she gave me more insight, like. When I was in those sessions and if I had struggled with anything, the girl that was gassing me wasn't really there helping me. It was like, I already paid my thousand to do it. And then she got her part out of it. And then it wasn't like, I didn't feel supported. I felt I was the only person of color in that whole right. session. And But that, never, that isn't even that individual's fault for, for doing your lady like that. That, yeah. that comes from the, her existence in a white patriarchal capitalist system yeah. where she's, she's dependent Mm-hmm. On having to do things like that, right? right? She has to get a commission. She has to live. So that doesn't make her an, a, a bad person or an evil person. So I want to stay away from words like that. But like, if you if you took some of those aspects away, mm-hmm. right? If 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 everybody in this nation had some sort of universal personal income, as I mentioned before, and like, hey, your basic necessities were handled. Like, you just got money from the government just to pay for your housing and food. Anything else you do is just like you wouldn't you wouldn't be so mm-hmm. dog eat dog about uh, about the way you do things. So That's true. our system creates a circumstance where you can't have yoga mm-hmm. exist the way it should in yeah. our society. And I think our system has to evolve. But that's why, again... So how would you evolve yoga based off this? Uh, is it only done in parks? Like, What would you... Just something small. I don't have to get into a I full think you business. Would, yeah, uh, something small. I think you would have some sort of uh, facility mm-hmm. where like, you would have maybe somebody who, who's spiritually enabled, whatever that means to them, who, who would lead sessions at their leisure. They couldn't mm-hmm. just they couldn't just be on your timetable. Like it would have to sync up with them. You couldn't he couldn't be at your beck he or she couldn't be at your beck and call like that, right? So if, if they happen to be there, they can lead a session. They can connect with people at a, it, it just wouldn't be a paid scale type situation. And then maybe you're a subscriber to that temple. You pay for the for the uh Oper, uh, the cost of that facility, right? Mm-hmm. So you're a member of quote unquote temple. You pay a subscription fee every month. That's that's the best way make I think. Like make it like a church type system, maybe you know, because it is a religious practice. All right, so right? let me let me give let so me yeah, paint a like pic- a tithe type system, perhaps. Let me and, paint a but, picture, but also not as structured on time when when the when the spiritually enabled person would be there, right? 
Um, I don't know what the security would be. You know, there could be a lot of issues with that. I haven't. I, I, I'll, thought paint, that I'll paint a picture for you. Paint uh, it. Something like this. Paint uh, it up for me. Here we go. What kind of style of paint are you using? There's gonna be uh, watercolors. Of water, watercolors. Okay. Watercolors. That flow chakra. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So go it's gonna go <laughs> a little something like this. So how I envision yoga, I envision it just like this: a studio, half forest, half woods, guards, unarmed, but only armed with love. Their bullets shoot charm and understanding. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Remind yourself. Let yourself live. You dig? Now I want you to stretch all the way to the right. Now don't twerk now. We're not at that part. We're going to loosen that too. That's right. You are now in the yoga studio. And, oh no, no. There's a waterfall right in the middle. And you're paying for that with your tax money. But don't worry, because your tax money pays for everything. We live in a world that you don't have to worry about. There is no more Wayfair. Welfare, all that shit is gone. We are the world. Did I mention malaria is in the U.S.? Don't talk shit to my African people. Hey, we barely got COVID in Africa. Barely, all right? I'm talking about by a long shot. With that being said, now that you're in this safe space, I want to take the time to have a moment of silence for Gigi and Kobe Bryant. Again, the date is 0824-2020, and this is your Herd Radio. So find your zen, find your comfort, and uh, exercise that Second Amendment right if your heart is there. Otherwise, you're going to have neighbors like us protecting you, you dig? Superman ain't real, and Batman got the game fucked up, as we discussed, all right? So I just need you to know the heroes you thought were heroes aren't really heroes. They're just a figment of the imagination. Sorry, children. But I do want you to look up Huey P. Newton and some other folks. Spike Lee has changed my life in the last few weeks, revisiting his movies, school days. We're talking about colorism, you know what I'm saying? Good hair, bad hair, you know what I'm saying? Take the time to do the research. And with that being said, I want to take it back to this. I take it back to silence, because sometimes that's all you need. <laughs> it was an honor having Tierhaus in the building, having Yogi, no introduction, <laughs> in the building. So with that being said, did you guys have anyone you want to shout out, or uh, preferably a black-owned business in the neighborhood? Uh, if not, just your peeps. Talk to me, anyone. Real quick aside though, did you watch Mo Better Blues? I feel like that that's the Spike Lee movie that goes underrated. I'm gonna I'm glad you mentioned it. It's going with the vibes. As I said, I picked up a trumpet. I'm headed there. I saw there. the trumpet. I I'm saw headed there. I'm headed game. there. Okay. It happened okay. here. History okay. happened yeah, here. Yeah, I saw it. I saw that. So uh, no no uh, Mo Better Blues is on my it's on my hit list. Okay. The last Spike I'm gonna watch I'm gonna watch I'll watch it too. The last one I just watched was Inside Man after Inside I watched Man's Malcolm Doom. X and I watched School Days. 
I'm going to go back to do the right thing. Do the right thing is hard at this time. Yeah. Right? It's, rele it's so relevant now. Do the right thing is so relevant right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Man, Roots oh is relevant God. now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's crazy. For real. It's like you got to, anything you go back to is, is wild. So I, I guess we just got to tap into frequencies, right? We know these patterns, these repetitions. What we didn't have in the past was our second amendment, right? Yeah, I want to shout out the Black Collective Voices, though. I think there's a lot of work that mm -hmm. happened out of CHOP. We reference CHOP so much as, as something that no longer exists. But there's a lot of, like, activism that's still happening here in Seattle for the mm -hmm. Black community. The Black community here in Seattle is starting to come together. So I definitely want to shout out what they're doing. The Black Collective. Black that's Collective Voices. Voices. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. How about you? How about you? Who are who we, we putting on the map? Local to global. Global to global. Hmm. I just want to say thank you for having me. This oh. was a pleasure. Yay. Thank you, Yogi. This is this was great. Um, Black Lives Matter and another. Since we're on the movie topic, you guys should watch um, Hidden Colors. Oh, have you guys watched it? Uh, it sounds familiar. Give me a little Hidden Colors. Um, so it just talks about the history of African Americans. It talks about the global history mm -hmm. as well. You guys remember talking about. Um, anime and things like that right mm -hmm. and not seeing the um you guys represented you talk about bruce lee he's in hidden colors as well okay There's mentions of them um it was produced and executively executively produced by um tariq nasheed oh so dropping names hidden colors one through four i believe okay they talk about um a lot of the things that we talked about today mm -hmm. and it's just a little bit more um in depth and and uh, i know you didn't get to di deep dive in there but where was that Utopia, where black was, where everything was black, like black cops, black city. I know we said it exists, right? And it's gone, destroyed. Do you? Do Tol you uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, it was one of them. Okay. Um, there's. And that's Seneca, what that's Seneca the one that got burned down, right? That's the one that got burned down. Okay. There's also a place in Philadelphia that Yogi actually told me about a few weeks ago. Here, you, you should better explain it. Yeah. The Philadelphia thing was I don't know if we want to go there. That was like the move move movement with like the Africa family, and they they got bombed in the 1980s. Like this is I think it's the only time that the United States government has actually like for sure like there's conspiracy theories about 9/11, but it's confirmed the United States government bombed. A group of black activists in the 1980s that was so, the move to africa movement in philly so and so i, I just want to bring that up for people to reference that happened and it was and for the most part it's because it was thriving you know when things are thriving like, wait, you thriving without us yeah there's still political prisoners there's still people connected mm -hmm. to that move to africa movement who are who are still in prison i believe if they're if they're not dead mm -hmm. but can i drop one more movie can i just drop yeah, one drop more? them just drop them two yeah. more two more Fresh? If have you seen Fresh? Uh, is that the 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 chess? Fresh, Fresh is the chess. The movie. chess with du Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson, little dude from little the wood. Dude. Yeah, he's been through a lot. <laughs> he's been through a lot. <laughs> he's been through a lot. That movie's filthy. Yeah. And then there's another movie called Watermelon Man that I think I think everybody. Should oh watch. man! All right, we brought it up and we were talking about it a little bit. I was saying, all right, most of my life I was told just like any other black person when it comes to chicken or watermelon, I'm supposed to like it, you know. And my body's reaction to that was, I don't fuck with watermelon. And my real honest reaction, my my vulnerable action is after three bites, watermelon tastes like water. I get why it's called watermelon. I like the first two bites. I'm like, mm, oh, wow. And then after I'm like, uh, what is this, Aquafina? So I'm out of there. You know what I'm saying? But then it wasn't until I experienced Watermelon Sunday out here in Seattle. Oh, and they had the Tacoma. 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 Shout yeah, out to yeah, Tacoma. Yeah, they, they, did their, they did the one in uh, Seattle. But, it, yeah, I did go out to Tacoma. Tacoma, Tacoma Let's remember, go. Yeah. 253. Uh, and uh, 
they had the watermelon soaked in vodka and it hit different. And I was like, oh, I'm okay. And then that's when I revisited. But again, I mean, it, shout out to my dad once again, though. That's why, like, mm. you know, the media can really fuck you over with that because mm-hmm. you need black people to teach black people black ideals and mm-hmm. black philosophy. So him being around us in the summer and eating a watermelon just always made me want to do it. I fucking think watermelon is delicious. I've always loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely the best summer treat. But when you look at a lot of the... With a little salt on it. No salt, no salt. Just straight up. You just I, drink, nah. eat, eat the watermelon straight, cut it, get it cut right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Eat it eat it as slices in the summertime. But if you see those ads and how how they make it a, a, a negative thing or, or take it away from us with like Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation is still like when adjusted for inflation, probably like a top five grossing movie of all time. And in that film, they show black people um, eating fried chicken and eating watermelon, foods that you can't eat in a dignified manner that are messier foods. Mm-hmm. They show black people eating those. So that's where the the stereotype that, that black people eat fried chicken and water, even though all people eat fried chicken. Like if you think I'm, I'm from I'm from Atlanta. Like yeah. white people fuck you up fried chicken. You don't eat fried chicken. Let's I don't be fuck clear. With it. I, I, let's, let's be clear. clear. Let me know. Don't touch I, I, I don't eat animals, bro. He I don't, don't eat I don't animals. animals. I'll deal with that. <laughs> let's be let's be That's very honest. But, here. but but people eat white people eat fried chicken too. Uh, but black people eating watermelon had to be a negative thing. That's the whitewashing. Had to be a negative thing when black people gained their freedom. The first crops that we grew were watermelon because they they yielded a lot of fruit and they grew fast and and the temperature in the southeast was appropriate to grow watermelon. All right. So a food that symbolized black empowerment, mm. black separation from slavery, blacks able to produce their own produce. Mm. They had to they had to vilify it. So yeah. and and they continue to do that with jazz, right? Like when a white woman was sleep with a black dude in the 20s and the 30s, they were blaming on alcohol and jazz. Another invention, another powerful Invention of black people that mm. that was empowering for us. So that, hey. that happens all the time. So I fuck with watermelon. I yeah. encourage everybody to. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Watermelon's okay, disgusting. Okay. Mm. <laughs> uh, cantaloupe. Nope. Wow. Any melon? Honeydew? Honeydew? No melon at all. Wow. <laughs> Just melanin. <laughs> melanin. <laughs> That's all. Melanin. No. <laughs> no melon. <laughs> melanin. All right. All right no cool. melon. All right. That's how we end it. That's how we end it, right? All right. Spit the seeds out. Yeah, um, I want to do a shout out to Tangos and Locks. All right, uh, that's where I get my hair twisted at up in Everett. Uh, just gotta say, they're doing safe practices out there. You know, we know we know where we're in. So if you're looking to get twisted and you're willing to drive, check out Tangos and Locks in Everett, and you can get a fresh cutty. When I say a fresh cutty, I'm talking about let that blade hit, get that blur fade. Uh, get that blend. I'm not talking just a regular fade. I'm talking about change of life. If you had an afro all your life and you you were nervous to get short hair, go there and get bladed. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if you always had cornrows, go get bladed or turn them into dreads. And if you always used to getting cut, watch that lineup evolve. So with that being said, Tangles and Locks, this is your Herd Radio where life moves from the verb of your words. And that's the actions of your words, you dig? So with that being said, we signing off, and you've just been sooned. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before I let you go, as you know, your boy's on the D-pop. I have to do my D-pop person of the week. Now, this person here, big shout-out, big homage to J-Bell Music. Now, what I like about J-Bell Music's page, right, is he has this perfect purple velour or velvet background and what you'll notice is his stance 
he has a very particular stance that very catchy, uh, superhero-like, I would say, and uh, it really makes the clothes pop, not to mention a plethora of knowledge when it comes to this. So check out his thing. I'll spell it for you, at J-B-E-L, music, all right, on Depop, great stuff, 70s to 90s, vintage, modern, thrift. Again, the good thing about Depop is recycling, right? Uh, it's a it's a virtual thrift if you if you may or one of ones and uh it, it it allows you to you know get things that someone no longer finds as a treasure that could be your treasure right so with that being said tune in buy get deals no refunds you know the vibes and on that note what, do, what am i you know what we gonna vibe out to uh christian scott avenger this song really touches me. And now you have officially been soon. Yeah, fanny pack. Yeah.